really Greetings and welcome to Superstitious and Cowardly, a Batman podcast for the Warden is all. I'm your host, the dork nut Chris Winnia. Begrudgingly teaming up with me this week is the man of last week, John Pfeiffer. It's two weeks ago. Our other co-host, Ryan Fuchs, has been distracted by some shiny objects, so he will not be here tonight. So Chris, and this will be two weeks old by the time this comes out, so mild spoilers if you're not caught up. DC's Metal number 6 came out, which is the finale for the whole Batman metal event, which you have not read at all because you don't care. But Plastic Man is in it, so I might. Like, legit. Only towards the end. I mean, it's a nice payoff. It's it's actually pretty nice. Yeah, he's like a plot point, though, so. And I was going to talk about that, but I went to the dollar store and got some uh, magic towels, so I wanted to talk about those instead. You know, the kind that you dunk in water and then they expand and they look kind of cool. So we're going to dunk these in water, and then we're going to come back at the end of the episode and tell you what that's like. I'll have you remember that podcasts are a audio um, medium and don't have any sound at all. And we're back. (laughs) Today we look at the third issue of the seminal and often reconned, reconned Superman origin series, John Breyer's Man of Steel. Pacific Pacific Rim is a movie. (laughs) Specifically, issue three. So last issue, we had the world's finest heroes, Superman and Batman, and Robin too, I guess. And Super Best Fails and an equal team, with Superman doing the strength stuff and Batman just kind of chilling, you know? Fast forward to the grim and gritty 80s, where the masses screamed up to their heroes to come down and save them, only for them to whisper, no. DC decided that they needed to simplify... I had to look up that quote, too. (laughs) DC decided that they needed to simplify their massive continuity with an infancy of Chrysai on Infinite Worlds. And seeing, as it's the first of six massive reboots, I'd say it worked rather well, sales-wise. Following this, Man of Steel debuted in July and ran to September and completely rebooted the Superman mythos. That's a word. (laughs) Among... (laughs) Yeah, I want to keep that in. Among his changes were a corrupt businessman, Lex Luthor, Lois actually finding Clark Kent to be a sexy journalist in his own right, and the Kents living and raising their boy. But what of Batman? Well, a month before Man of Steel started, another important story ended. Any guesses what that might be, John? Was it the death of Jason Todd? No. Dark Knight Returns? No, I was hoping to go for... Okay, I'm just going to read what I write. (laughs) Not year one, John. We're talking about re-debuts and stuff. That debuted in 1988, but The Dark Knight Returns. Yay! Ever heard of it? It's kind of a low-key story. I'm not sure if we're even going to cover it. In that story, written so that a 31-year-old Frank Miller could still remain younger than Batman in his head, that's legitimately what he said before. He's like, Superman's, uh, Batman's always been 30 years old, and I turned 31. And I was like, what if Batman was older? That's a bad reason to write something. I identify with that kind of reasoning, though, because I am now in my 30s, and I'm like, man, I really like this writer, our artist. He's younger than me. I feel like a loser. Yeah, I find myself doing that with porn stars. Batman comes out. <laughs> <laughs> it's only kind of a joke. Batman comes out of retirement to take on the 80s. 
The miniseri- this miniseries induced a number of re- enduring concepts, such as a dead Robin, a sarcastic Alfred, Reaganomics, and- Reaganomics, and spoiler alert, Batman v Superman, Brawn of Justice. The decision was made to have Superman and... <laughs> Jesus. You should see how I spelled Superman here. The decision was made to have Superman and Batman, quite literally day and night characters, to remain at idiosyncratic odds at each other. Thus, the issue at hand. Have you ever read uh, Man of Steel? I've read some, but the, man, the only Man of Steel I've really read or remember reading is actually because I'm reading uh, Death of Superman stuff right now. So it's only like the 90s kind of stuff and only to a very small degree. Well, I've read it before. It's actually it's actually very good. I have this odd soft spot for John Breyer. I don't know why. You would think that any man that um, made Barda make a porno with Superman. Yeah, I love the look on your face right now. I know. I, I was looking at that and I... I can't remember where I came across that, but I was like, man, that's weird. But he's the one that wrote that? He's like, the that, one that wrote that. Like, we just won't talk about that. Let us not discuss it. He's like, that's a good idea. That kind of feels like, remember how, um, this is a, a different kind of pop culture nerd thing, but remember how in TNG, Riker and... Um, oh, oh, that's so far. Go on. Riker and who was the Bajoran? Rao. Oh, they and, lost their memory. Remember, oh, yeah. Remember how they, uh, him, uh, Riker and Ensign Rowe and a bunch of the other crew members lost their memory, didn't know what was going on in the ship, but those two like got together and boned down. I think it's Conundrum, and if I'm right on that, I'm going to be kind of disappointed, actually. So like, it, it kind of a solid issue, though. And it, like Maxwell is like Sam, I guess I'm first officer, huh? That's what it, that kind of reminded me of, but I didn't realize he wrote that. I, I need to go read that. That's messed up. It It's a messed up story. We just won't talk about it ever again. We okay. won't. We will, though. So this was... um. Yeah, fuck it. That's it. Podcast is over. Hits down, Mike. Uh, so this is Man of Steel number three. John, I'm interested in this cover. Why don't you tell me about it? All right. So here's my thoughts on the cover. I had like four, three or four things that I really, that really comes to mind about it. One, Batman doesn't have very good color separation. Like it's just, he's pretty much just like a dark blue blob. He's kind of, I mean, he has a very nice pose, but they could have added more gray on him. His cape covers most of his body, so it's just that one color and a couple lines, so it's kind of plain to me. Batman's just uh, standing up to the side with his back against Superman, busting out of a wall like the Kool-Aid man. We're going to see that more later. I actually love that. That's the best part of it. And he is startling uh, the villain of the issue, who I don't understand that outfit. It's a very odd outfit. It's just it's fist it's very eighties. It's it's eighties seventies punk kind of where it's like weird fishnets and a miniskirt and these weird black sleeve things and then a wig that has like a side mohawk and then a top mohawk like it's three it's three mohawks like one on each side of her head and then at the top like it's a weird a weird like Wolverine claw thing on her head just kind of spread out. If she had a boombox on a um, bus, Spock would totally put a nerve pinch on her. Yeah, Star Trek references. So what I'm going to say about the cover is that this is actually how they had all the covers for Man of Steel. You would have the character that they kind of focused on, standing, and then you had a scene from the comic, and then they had like that line bar separation thing. So it's part of a theme. I, I like the composition. My my big my only real complaint is just Superman. Just is there's not enough color separation. 
This little but otherwise, thing. it's great. This little thing that we put in the water is still hard. <laughs> All right, so let's get on with the issue proper. Book three, Superman. Apparently, Superman, this issue, he's been introduced. Um, he is some type of uh, gargoyle. I guess he comes to life in um, during the day instead of the night, as gargoyles are usually wont to do. I'm going to put a Fox's Gargoyles reference drop right right about there, if I can find it. Is this a new friend, Goliath? I really never watched Gargoyles either. Really nice job for Frank's in it. And, uh, and Marita Sirtis. I definitely, and a bunch of other Star Trek people. I definitely watched it, but I don't remember too much about it. So anyways, Batman beats up a um, nice young Aryan. Named Bull. I love how this first page opens up. It's just that nine-panel grid. And I've gotten very used to this over the last couple of years. People like Tom King abuse the heck out of the nine-panel grid. So I have this weird relationship with it where I'm like, oh, God, no, not anymore. I'm tired of it. And oh, my God, I love it. So it's a nice breakdown of like just Batman finding this guy and beating him down just a little bit more, just minuscule, minuscule, minuscule within that one page. And I really like that. Well, it was definitely um, something that was like super hot at the time. Dark Knight Returns. Like used it to great effect. I think Watchmen also did it quite similar. This Watchmen is all yeah. this is all like the same time. Early I think Watchmen is... is currently being published at this time. As we said, Dark Knight Returns is like ended like a month ago. Earliest nine panel grid that I remember is a lot of the question stuff, like mm-hmm. the Steve Ditko question stuff. But they don't use it as well because it's full of exposition and it gets really tiring really quickly. And they don't use it throughout this issue. It's just that one page, but I, I still really like it. Speaking of getting tired really easily, Batman, he could go all night. But Batman's just looming over Bull, and he's like, you're going to tell me what I want to know. And it's just this Batman that, for us, we haven't seen before. I mean, this is past New Look. We're in 80s. This is Bronze Age kind of a Batman. But even at this time, even at this time, he would still have the gold shield on. Yeah, so this is one of the, is this one of the first times where it's just a dark emblem again? This would be, they're trying to show him as being younger, Okay. so he doesn't have the emblem on, but it's funny because like I say that they're trying to invoke something like younger for him, Mm -hmm. although this is what he would wear for like the next, pretty much from um, from No Man's Land to uh, Flashpoint, this is his outfit. I was going to say, Jim Lee kind of take, Jim Lee has to take this as inspiration when he starts kind of taking over roughly around that time period, right? I mean, I know I know there's other artists and stuff, but Jim Lee's the one that kind of comes to mind. Is that not necessarily? That he just drawing? got uh, popular because of uh, Hush, which is awful, and we will cover it. Um, <laughs> so he beats up Bull, and he basically threatens him, and he's like, "No, she'll do worse things. To, uh, she'll kill me." And he's like, "Oh, I'll do worse things than kill you." So we already got like you're gonna suffer. We already got like a massive tone shift. We're not like oh. I better pound paste you until the authorities show up. The gorilla game is going to come by and uh, pull off a jewel heist. They better stop you. Now let this little boy with his exposed leggings kick you a couple times. If he can take three men, he can take one. So Batman gets distracted and gets garbage thrown in his face. Which is very un-Batman-like to me to let somebody actually get away with that. True, but he's young at this point, remember? Yeah. So Bull starts running away and Batman's like, well, if he's running on foot... I'll swing through buildings. That's faster. So he hooks onto that gargoyle we talked about, which kind of looks like um, Ghidra, which I don't know why I'm saying anything because it doesn't matter. It's not a plot point at all. And uh, he's like, Whoa, oh, no, somebody got my line. And it's, it's um, oh, shit, what's his name? That's with an S. 
Ends in an Ooper man. Stuperman, the drunk guy. Sour man from uh, Dragon Ball. So it's Superman that grabbed Batman's uh, silken rope and he's dragging him through Gotham City. And what this issue never does is it never specifically says why Superman's even even in Gotham going after Batman beyond the fact that he doesn't like vigilantes. Well, he heard about the Batman vigilante and he thought that he'd take him out. That's such a flimsy thing for me. I don't think so. I think that it shows that he's like young and naive. I guess. I I, I want something just a little bit stronger. I mean, not, not a lot, just a little at bit. At this point in his life, he ha- he is complete like... A little more aimless, a little more naive. To kind of show the differences between characters, he is black and white. And Batman's nothing but gray. They are in mid-air kind of talking at each other. And he basically says, you're going to jail. And then all of a sudden he's like, Where, "Where's Batman? Where, where is he? Does I didn't I didn't hear any reports of him having any superpowers? He's smart, I know that." And it never occurs to him that he would like let go of the rope. Batman doesn't have he swings he freely swings around on buildings. You don't think he has another rope that can kind of do that? But the the I think the thing that you're supposed to kind of pick up on is that Superman can't find him, which means he can't hear him at all. So he's able to like, I guess, slow down his heart enough so Batman can or Superman can't even find his heartbeat. Which is really impressive, actually. So Batman pulls one of these classic, oh, I'm right over here now. Oh, you're never going to catch me. But he's like, stop, don't touch things. me. You got cooties. You know what? I prepared for this kind of eventuality. I have a invincibility shield. I got if special wizard it, armor. That means you can't attack me. He, he tries to use like fake pseudoscience kind of stuff and jargon to say that, hey, if you break through this kind of barrier that I have, a device somewhere in the city is going to go off and kill somebody. And, and Superman's like, well, you must be telling the truth. I could, I could tell if you're lying because he can hear like heartbeats and discrepancies that way, which really is kind of a flimsy excuse because we just heard that Superman couldn't find Batman in the city, so Batman can kind of already hide himself. Why am I trying to think of a Sex in the City joke? Um, <laughs> he's also like, he like looks into his face and he's like, oh, you're a businessman, uh, Bruce Wayne. I don't trust businessmen because of my runs with Lex Luthor. They're all corrupt. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. They don't do that. But he he basically says like he's I, very polite to him. He doesn't look at. He does because like in the 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 cartoon series, he does that like first thing. He's like, "You're Bruce Wayne." He's like, "You dick." So he doesn't do that. But they do start talking like, "I don't like vigilantes and everything." And he's like, "I'm after you. Just ruined my best lead. I'm after this vigilante that's been killing people all over the city, and I need to go after her." And then he briefly describes like three or four different instances. And we'll just, we'll just do it. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. Just, wanna, just say what had happened. Oh, wait, that's what I want to do. I, I just want to go through the whole thing where the burglar team or whatever this is, because Batman doesn't really know, is taking from all these people these valuable objects and replacing them with something deadly. Like they think of it as, for whatever reason, they're thinking of this as equivalent exchange. And is that like a crow thing? Is that magpie a crow? Is that the same thing? Oh, Christ. That would have been good to look up. Yeah. I think, you know what? Just a second. We'll be right back. And we're back. So I looked and I was thinking, I was thinking magpies were kind of like crows where crows will do like an equivalent exchange. Like there's been like reports, so you can even find like YouTube videos where someone will give them like a cookie or a piece of bread or something like that. And then the crow will give them like a cigarette butt. Like in their head, they're like, you gave me one thing. I'm giving you one thing. So I'm, I'm making it even. I owed you something. 
And I don't know, I don't think magpies actually do that, but they are smart and they're technically a different species, but you were looking up something too. Yes. I found out that crows, uh, I meant magpies, are birds and they lay eggs. I thought the shiny object thing was actually the interesting part. I also found out that um, when there's a big thing that says crow above their heads, they, they say, I'm different. <laughs> I'm cutting that out. Okay. Apparently, I was just reading that uh, they're scared of shiny objects, and that myth has been debunked by BBC um, documentaries. Documentary or something. All right. So, so I mean, by the the time of this writing, the idea was that magpies are attracted to shiny objects, which is why I guess that this villain, magpie, spoiler, that's the name of the villain of this issue, is trying to go after all these jewelry, all these jewels, and expensive things and shiny things and every time that she steals these objects she does it like four or five times she's putting a deadly kind of weapon or explosive device or gas or razor blades in a chest piece that was one of them to kind of kill the people so it was like i want this That's beautiful thing i owed you something but at the same time if you uh get hurt because you stole my thing it sucks to be you we cut to magpie yelling at bull the guy that batman was interrogating earlier and Magpie looks just like we had described her. She's got this weird sash thing, and then her fishnets, and the weird three-sided mohawk. And she's like, "Bull, you're you're terrible. Like, you just ran away from Batman. You could have gave him false information and led us away from here for months. And I'm so disappointed in you." And she says, "We're gonna play a game." And she puts a stick of dynamite, very well. She also quick, like in his mouth. She quick like puts a neurotoxin on him. Kind of nips him behind the ear and he's like we're gonna play a game and she puts that stick of dynamite in his mouth like it's a looney tune uh cartoon and the guy right behind her is like not happy birthday not happy birthday i love it that they're calling it happy birthday because it's happened before and she's like oh we're playing happy birthday this is gonna happen but we already have such a contrast between her and the other villains that we've had so far yes yeah, she has like actually pretty good dialogue she does. Well, I mean, this is so much further that they have experience to actually write good comics by now. So Batman and Superman are just kind of talking, and all of a sudden Batman uh, Superman just goes, oh, it's weird. I heard some dynamite. <laughs> I heard some dynamite over there. He's like, well, come on, let's go. Somebody's probably going to die. That's my lead. Like, that's probably the next murder. For When I first saw this, I was like, why is Batman swinging down from a rooftop right next to Superman? Why don't they fly? Oh, yeah. Can't touch the, him. He's got the explosion. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I got that. So, <laughs> so we blew um, Bull's head off, and also changed his uh, face, his uh, skin color for some reason. <laughs> look at his little hand. Oh no! Yeah, well, I mean, if you got exploded, I mean, you might look a little darker in a few spots. All right. So they say <laughs> I just checked the rooftops, and Batman's here, and some guy flying around with a big S on his chest. If you saw a guy flying around, apparently this is a new world now, and this is not a common thing. If there's a guy flying around with an S on his chest, and it's been like eight months by this point, you know it's Superman. You'd know about that. You Where where have you been? Have you been locked up in prison all this time? They might be locked out, up in prison all this time. Found, yeah, but if you found out, he, like you don't watch TV in prison. If they found out the aliens were real, which he admits to be an alien right there, he'd, he'd do that. Yeah, no kidding. Hold on a second. I need to drink out of this towel. Don't drink the towel. Ooh, that makes the water taste much better. So he says, she goes, S? S, the letter S, as in Seymour? Do you think that's a joke? I don't think that's a joke. I think that is a holdover from comics from the last, you know, what, 40 years by this point, because it's 86, 40, almost 50 years at this point. 
it's a holdover of unnecessary dialogue in comics. How many comics have we read now and talked about in the show where someone just said an unnecessary throwaway line that they didn't need to, even need to say? This is just another one of them. It's a writer just overthinking, trying to fill the script when he can just let it kind of go. God, you got passionate about that. I well, did. speaking of um, throwaway lines, suddenly Seymour breaks in. Standing beside you. And <laughs> so many drops I want to play in this episode. I got to... Hold back, hold back. But Seymour's the greatest. So when she says... I can't do that voice for much longer. When Seymour's the great... Uh, so when she says the Seymour thing, all of a sudden, it, it's pretty much the half of the cover again. Superman just busts through the wall like the Kool-Aid man, and I love that. I love that she's like kind of shocked, but not shocked enough. Like A guy just came through a wall. You should be more surprised than, hey, did someone fart over there? Because her expression's just... So so, she uh, one of the guys' name is Carling, and I keep thinking he keeps calling her Darling. She goes Carling, Grunge back. Is that what that is? Blast him! And he's like, I it, he just blew through a wall. One guy's like, like we'll do, this. boss. And the other guy's like, fuck this noise. And Superman just kind of lets the bullets hit off of him. And I like to think that he's not very good at like making sure the ricochets don't hit people. So Batman catches him. We get a nice uh, shot of Magpie's bum. It's obvious that her hair is a wig, at least in this one panel. It looks like a weird, like, bad Genghis Khan kind of weird. No, it looks like it looks like Master Shin's outfit from uh, Dragon Ball. Yes, very much so. Yes, and she's like, "Well, you guys think you got me? I'm just going to drop this deadly gas and get away." She should be dead too, by the way. So she drops this deadly gas, and Superman's like, "Well, I can either save everybody here or I can get her, dude." You guys, there's two of you. You should be able to do both of these things. But Superman does this great Batman Superman thinks thing. that he's back in the world's finest where he's not allowed to do anything. He really doesn't. Like, until you said that, like, I didn't think about it, but you're right. He doesn't really. He doesn't really do anything. No. Uh, I want you to describe this scene because I love it, but I think you're better. So this. she goes, TTFN, super freaks. And um, so she likes Winnie the Pooh. And he sucks up all the gas because it's actually like an acid. He jumps out, like right through the roof, because he has no—he does not give a fuck about property rights. Unlike the last time, where he just blasts through the bottom of the Batcave, this kind of makes sense because people's lives are on the line. He goes into like high orbit, and then um, I think that the the file that you got this off got corrupted because um, the picture is just JPEG. No, this this is like sourced from DC. I think they were trying to make it look like ice crystals, but this was done in 86, so I think they tried it on a computer and it was just MS Paint and they couldn't get the effect that they wanted. I think that might be partially kind of what was happening. So he finds... He finds Batman trying to get into his car. He's like, "What's all this then? Why'd you? What? What happened? I I tied up all the crooks and and they're on their way. I need to. I found a clue. I need to investigate. Keep in mind, like Superman must all. I mean, Batman must also be the Flash if he did that that quickly. Well, we don't know how long it takes to go into orbit for Superman at this time period. But I, guess. I like how when Superman or Batman goes to his car to investigate the clue that he has. It's just a regular car. Like, this is not a... I mean, I guess this is a start, again, for Batman as well. Yeah, he it's supposed have a to be. Deal. He's established, but... He doesn't have, like, the... He doesn't have, like, all the branding. Right. But it's weird, because he still had... Robin and Nightwing are still a thing in this continuity. So the Batmobile should have existed, at least a yes, little bit. Yes, but this isn't... They're not around yet. He hasn't found them yet. He hasn't found Dick 
Grayson. Yeah, he Robin? has found Dick Grayson. Yeah. Oh wow. It's supposed to be like that early. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes that makes a little more sense. They find a bit of clothing that came from Magpie, and Batman investigates it, and he's like, "Well, this is thousands of year old, thousands of year old, thousands of years old." The two thousand year old um bit of carpet. Yeah, and he's like, "Sure, sure. In my day, we used to have carpets all over the place. This this could come only." I don't from- think anybody's gonna get that reference at all. Please cut that, John. This could, and he's like, this could only come from one place because there's no art dealers or anything that has anything else. It's going to come from one place. And they go with the Gotham Natural History Museum. And there they discover Magpie. And Magpie is like having a mental breakdown. She's like, I just wanted my pretty things and what I was due. And she wanted Batman, to eat those Fabergé eggs so bad. Batman kind of starts to confront her and Superman kind of creeps behind and pulls off her wig. And then she has like a more complete breakdown because she has this identity that's kind of been taken from her and she kind of reverts back to her civilian self. She's not Magpie. She's like Margaret Pie, Pyra. Pyra. <laughs> of course she is. And this is where it kind of fell apart for me a little bit. Apparently it's just people made fun of her when she was a kid and called her magpie and she had like i guess a little bit of a rough childhood not that much no it's, it says that she grew up poor yeah and she always because of that she always wanted more and more and, and kids then beat up on her i guess kids beat up on her and when she got old enough she could always just look at the pretty things in the museum but she could never have them and so she just snapped i wanted this to be like she found something in the museum and as cheesy as this is, and as often as I've heard it in comics, I really wanted this to be the thing. I wanted her to find something in the museum, and that kind of possessed her a little bit. But see, where, that's the like, kind of thing they were trying to avoid. Well, that's the good stuff. This is something. <laughs> yeah, but this is something they were trying to take, not a realistic approach, but they were trying to do something that potentially could happen in real life. Less fantastical, but still somewhat based uh, in reality. Kind of like. Watchmen, how only like Dr. Manhattan is the one that has superpowers. Yeah, best thing everyone else has is strength. Yeah, you're yeah, right. they're all like have like Charlie Atlas superpowers where they they sent in and they're no longer a pencil neck geek, right? So, so they both say that they pity her because of this, and they're just outside of the museum while the cops are taking her away. And it's now daylight, they've worked all night apparently, and they kind of go back and forth, it's like you know. Batman, while I don't approve of your methods, I I still I can kind Damn of Damn it, I respect you. <laughs> I don't approve of your methods, but I also kind of approve of your methods now. But I don't approve of that bomb. Give it here. Tell me where the location is. And it's like, I was the potential victim the whole time. And he's like, you? Well, yeah, because could, you could tell if I was lying and you would you would know. So I had to at least put myself on the like, someone's life on the line. Otherwise, you would know that I was lying. That's why I told you I was going to kill Bruce Wayne. Ha, 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 ha. The thing is, though, is like you hid your heartbeat from Superman. You could have just lied to him. Like that's not. I don't think that's that far of a leap. We're trying to show that like Batman is is willing to go darker than he has been, even in the comics that were published around this time. But he's still a good person. So Superman flies, or Superman takes the bomb or whatever, and and flies off. And Bruce or Batman does. I guess they're the same person. I don't know. Batman kind of does a look to camera without looking to camera. It's kind of more of like a 90s album where the guy's just looking off into the distance. Where he's like, man, you know what? He's not too bad. I wonder in a different time if we could have been friends. Wink. And then then the Romulan ship blows up. (laughs) A lot of Star Trek references today. How did you like the the issue? Because you told me you've read it a few times. Yeah, I always like this issue. I think that he puts enough into it. 
it's not some it's uh interesting villain but like it's not like crazy so because they're trying to go towards a more realistic approach it's good i mean i know this is a six-part miniseries it's good as a snapshot of a batman superman relationship Mm -hmm. and when you compare this to our first kind of batman superman crossover where they're on a ship just trying to stop a jewel robbery that's really dumb in this issue it's much better they get together to stop someone from stealing a bunch of jewels and i think that's just way way better writing (laughs) way better comic well one thing i'll give him is that like superman busts in on every single thing that he does Yes. He's not portrayed as, not dumb, but he's just portrayed as muscle, whereas Batman is portrayed as being very brainy. We kind of glossed over it, but he's doing detective work this whole time. He he actually does detective he's work. He's actually doing this detective is, work. This is one of the times where this is like the most detective work I've seen for the issues we read on the show so far, and I, I, I do like that. But that I should, I, that's, why did I put that on a list of things I love? Because I wrote, like, I love the, the art, I like the pacing and the structure, the wink to the past thing. And I hated blowing through walls. I love that. And I hated the no reason for Superman to be there because I thought it was flimsy. And the force field thing was kind of weird. And the backstory for Magpie was kind of weak. I like the way how Magpie looks as 80s as that is. Yeah. So that ends our issue. So let's move on to the aftermath. That's your line. So that does it for another cracking issue of Superstitious and Cowardly. Next issue, we get Dr. Nicholas to take us back to the madcap 60s as we look at the long allude to New Look era, starting with Detective Comics 327, the case of the lagging Wikipedia page. Haven't quite nailed down exactly which issues we're going to do yet. Have you? I have a small like list of like characters, but I haven't nailed down issues now. Yeah, well, I'm not going to listen to it anyways. Well, then why don't you tell our Robins regular how to send their ideas in? Listeners can find us on Twitter. We are at SACBatPod. You can use the hashtag RobinsRegulars that I prefer, or you can use hashtag SACBatPod, or you can email us at sac.alfred at gmail.com. Again, we'd love to hear suggestions for episodes, the artwork that you might have made of our heroes. And SAC episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find a full list of distributors at distributors. You can find a full list on our website listed in the description. And with that, I have been John Pfeiffer. No, don't, don't. Hold on. Oh, that's right. We have to look at our towels. Um, my towel's not ready yet. Oh, it is, too. You just open it. My towel is of a Batman. Is the quality good? I suppose. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. You know what? The colors didn't bleed or anything. Good for you. Were you expecting them to? It was just water. Well, they always tell you to do... We do cold water, and they always tell you to do warm water. I think it just helps it expand. Yeah. You see, when the molecules are heated up in water, they start moving around at an accelerated rate. Science. Um, And then mine is the Superman S with a bunch of chains breaking through. It's very 90s look to it, but I really like that. Mine is just Batman looking over saying, who dares? Well, I've been Chris Winnia. And this has been Towel Talk. Have a nice day. Towel your balls.
I broke my back. This is how much I care for you people.